Buckle up, excellence junkies, because this podcast is definitely for you. Welcome to Rocket Fuel. Do you wish that you could surround yourself with people that love to kick ass just like you? Well, come to my party, baby, and meet some of the brightest stars in the entrepreneurial galaxy because it is my mission to give these entrepreneurs a platform to declare what they are on this planet to accomplish and to show you why they are rocket fuel. And we're live! Welcome to the Rocket Fuel Podcast, guys. Today we have an amazing discussion for you gutsy gals out there. I mean, any of our listeners, those high achieving women, they kick butt. You're usually the strong gal there, but you kind of wear your heart on your sleeve. <laughs> you're the nurturer. You're always taking care of everybody else. And and as you're progressing in your business, in your life, you're like, there's something more. Why am I not achieving the more that I feel I am destined for. And so today we are talking to the prima, the prima gazigal, Miss Ro Couture DeSaro, who is dedicated to helping women like moi who um, need to kind of start looking inside to figure out what's blocking them. So Ro, thank you so much for joining today. I, you're so welcome and I'm so happy to be here and everything you've said, it's almost like, I feel like I could go home now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I want to stop people. I want to make sure the right people are listening um, to this episode because you have so much to give. What's interesting. I do want to point out that I obviously, the folks that listen to the Rocket Fuel podcast here, they understand that I curated this community called Rocket Fuel. And it's really mm-hmm. folks that are that are experts in what they do and they give with heart. They want impact. And Roe is part of that community. But guess what? I met Roe long, long, long before that. And actually, talk about how long have you been in business, by the way, Roe? I've, well, my first actual business was in 1989. Yes. So that's a long time ago. But this business, my coaching, my facilitating, my mentorship business is from 2013. So oh, my God. Going on eight years. And then you also moderate the women's e women's network, e women network. Yep. E women yep, network. Yep. It's, a, it's a women's business organization, it's 20 years old. We're about a half a million women strong. I partnered with them to really run New Jersey and to get the New Jersey entrepreneurs on board to be collaborative, power partners and build business and grow together because you cannot do business alone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, but what's really interesting about that is you were an established entrepreneur. That was clear. I met you through that networking opportunity, but it was just clear to me that you were a connector, right? And you are, you yourself, you're an extremely nurturing person. You're really looking out for others. And so I'm kind of interested in your journey into Gutsy Gal, right? Gutsy Gal's get more if, is your focus right now and your, your coaching and your support organization. How did you get to that point, though, in actually focusing on women that need to get gutsy to get to their next level? It's interesting that you say I'm a nurturer because that's not something I ever always thought of myself. Ah. (laughs) I was more of the type A 
type personality. So I'm a recovering, <laughs> You're a recovering <laughs> overachiever. <laughs> and I, and the connected part of me is really, is that I love people. Yeah. But what happened to me at a young age is that I just got the message very early on that society has got it all wrong about women. That Ooh. women were being, not being put on this pedestal and men were. And because of my Me Too mo- movement, remember I grew up in the 70s, so mm-hmm. very calm. This is even before sexual harassment days. Mm-hmm. But because of my Me Too movement, I was seeing a not so nice side of men. And then uh, my mom was the only mom that worked in the neighborhood. She went to work, she had five kids, went to work when I was three years old. I was the youngest, so we were from three years old to 13 years old, and she took a full-time job. Wow. Yes. And she was, she's still, she's 92 today, going strong. She takes senior citizens traveling all over the world. So I grew up with this very independent, strong woman. And and even my grandmother, all my Italian, I say my Italian broads, right? The Italian broads Uh I grew up with. And so when I graduated college with a psychology degree, and I did a lot of study on men and women, it was really clear to me how society was messing up both sides. Mm-hmm. I literally, my thesis was about, I felt sorry for men and boys because they were forced to be the breadwinner. They were forced to go out there and do all these things where I was looking at what women were like, given the okay to have the playground. Interesting. <laughs> but I didn't want the playground. I wanted work. I'm a driver. Uh-huh. I have a, I, I've had a, a man tell me I had a driver of a Lamborghini. He said he he was a branch manager of uh, Axer, and he took me out to lunch. And my, the manager says he's never taken anyone out to lunch that's looking for a job to be a, a life insurance consultant and and a financial planner. And he took me out to lunch because he says on my test he says I've never met a woman with a drive like yours. So he goes, I want to know. I had to know what you're all about. So <laughs> having, have you met my mama? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So having all this. I just felt that this isn't fair and women can do what a man can do. Mm. And I said, okay, I'm going to prove this. I didn't think I was, this, it had nothing to do with my intelligence, had nothing to do with my spot, my smarts. It was just like this strong feeling of like, you know, I was pissed off. Yeah. And I was like, I was pissed off. And this is why, you know, like find out what about because let me tell you that's probably what you're going to stand for and that's probably what's going to move you to your success in your business yeah so I was pissed off and and then I said well where can I go prove it where are we making and I wanted to make a lot of money mm-hmm. <laughs> because all my friends were commodity brokers they were working down I wanted to be the first commodity broker oh and that, that was a really doggy dog world yeah. even even the men were like you no, you don't want this you don't want this just go to Wall Street, but don't don't go in the pit, especially a physical pit with men and being the first woman. But trust me, you don't want this. And I kind of, after hanging around the commodity exchange for a couple of months, I kind of agreed with them. I'm like, yeah, I don't think I want this. Right, so, right. So I went to Wall Street and I said, I'm going to go to Wall Street and figure this out. And within six months, I had a, I had a promotion and I broke three, I wound up breaking three glass ceilings at E.F. Hotman Company. Wow. And I was this little girl in her 20s from Brooklyn, New York, who just had like, you know, I had the guts. 
Yeah. I had the guts because men were coming on to me my whole life and I've been pushing them off. It gave me that muscle to push them off on Wall Street. And, mm. and, and if I could secretly tell you, or it's not going to be a secret anymore, but <laughs> one of the things I did was I wasn't mad at men. I was mad at society. So yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't this angry woman, which a lot of the women back then were the feminists and they were angry. I didn't try to dress like a man. I didn't try to act like a man. But I put them in their place with a big smile. Mm-hmm. And I got respect. Mm-hmm. So when a man came on to me, they were in their 40s. I mean, I'm in my 20s now. And I looked at them mm-hmm. and I went, you can't. You couldn't even handle me. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you know, so instead of being like crawling into my shell, yeah. I stood up to them. And they respected that. Mm-hmm. They were like, ooh, who's she? I like her. Right. And, and yet I looked like a female and acted like a female, but, you know, in the sense of like, I didn't act like a man. So right. they respected that as well. They said, we want to work with women. We just don't want angry women and we don't want whiners. We don't want brutes. It's kind of like we want, like, be yourself and you'd right. be fine. So way before authenticity was a word, that's how I showed up in the 80s. And that's how I broke glass ceilings. Yeah. And then back in like... Early, like 2011, 2012, when I was feeling that there's more, mm-hmm. there's there's more, there's more. My tuition just kept on screaming at me. I It was that same thing of like, I started looking, I started networking, and I started, I was h- hanging around women business owners and entrepreneurs, and I noticed that it was still the same scenario. Mm. I was literally thinking that that was, no, that was when I worked in the 80s. It's not today. Mm-hmm. But when I saw it, I got pissed off again. <laughs> yeah. So that's where it all came around. Came around where because I lost my million dollar business because of nine eleven. I was there on nine oh. eleven. I actually literally ran from the second tra- plane, and mm. being in that environment and running for my life, it really that's like it's like COVID nineteen. Something strong to put perspective. Yeah. Into like what happened with COVID. It's like put our perspective as to like what really matters, Mm. what's important in life. And, you know, uh, life could be gone in a second. Like, what am I doing? Chasing money. I'm chasing freedom. Like, what is going on? And that's when I did some soul searching. That's when I did the real work. That's when I did, okay, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? What is that more? And Mm. I just questioned, what is that more? And that's when I, I started working with coaches and started working with some professionals And I dug deep into my soul. And that's when pretty much what I thought was what I wanted all along is what came out. So that was a huge validation for me. Right. This is is my calling. Yeah. Once I owned it, that everything changed. Yeah. And so I want to unpack like so many things that that you said. Oh, it's beautiful. And reminding us that the people that I hope are listening to this rocket fuel podcast, they are excellent seekers, right? People that want to live business and life on level 11 optimizers, right? So inherently mm-hmm. we have a lot of driven people and driven women that are, are listening to this. And I find it very interesting how you were extremely successful. And a lot of times people still feel like, how the hell are you unsatisfied? Look at all these things like on paper, right? And and so what happens is we kind of suppress 
when we feel like there's something more, right? Mm-hmm. We suppress because mm-hmm. like, well, look at this. Like I've accomplished all these things. And sometimes as a driver, you're just driving, like no matter what you do, you're kicking ass at it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I see that in you, uh, no matter what you do, you're kicking ass at it, but there's this like unbridled drive. Like you don't, it's not focused anywhere. You just have that fire within you to do something. And then all of a sudden that experience and running from the building and you have this opportunity to look back and say, holy crap, all of this could have stopped. And did I leave my mark? Did I do what I should have done? And it's unfortunate that we in our lives need something to shake us up. My hope is for people to not require something like that, to listen to somebody like you and your story to say, oh, shit, like, am I going to wait for like somebody to die or some like drastic thing? Or am I going to recognize that? Guess what? This feeling that I have inside of me, like I can listen to it. You know, I can take my drive and just refocus it on the right thing that also feeds your soul, not just your wallet. You're so spot on because it was two things that happened in the nineties. I wanted to go into coaching motivational speaker when it was just being born. But I convinced myself to do it through my uh, through a direct sales, do a network marketing company. Yeah. Convinced myself, oh, I'll coach my own team. I'll do this because, but I didn't realize at the time was that was just me playing small. That was me being afraid to actually step in into that solopreneurship, into that intellectual property arena, into that arena where I'm creating my own products. Instead yeah. of selling somebody else's. So I was holding back. And then the other thing is I always said, all we ever really want to do is be happy. But I really recognized that I was chasing money. I was chasing freedom. I was chasing mm-hmm. happiness. But what I really, 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 really was looking for was A, was love. Mm. And B, was fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And that's what your calling gives. It's different than passion. Passion can make you feel good. It's just like, you know, you can feel good, but... When you find your calling, Mm -hmm. you could really, it's where the rubber meets the road because then you can make an impact, you can make a difference and you can have that fulfillment and you could self-actualize and then start to have it all where Mm. it's in your lifestyle, it's in you as a mom, it's you as as a wife, as a confidant, as a friend, all of that, it all starts coming in together. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is great because- It's not saying if you're not doing these things that are aligned with your calling or whatever, you're not being disingenuous. It's you're just not aligned. Right. Right. And it takes that pause to do the inner work to recognize that. And and there's a level of disruption that we all kind of have to hit. Mm-hmm. Like I call it like disruption, like like an energetic disruption, right? Where you're like, ah, something's just not right. Where we have to do something about it or else we're freaking depressed and it doesn't even matter like yeah. how wonderful life looks like on the outside. And clearly I'm connecting what you're saying because I, I left a very, very high paying job in a pharmaceutical at a pharmaceutical company. I'm like, what the hell? Like, this is like, checks off all the boxes from when I was little. I'm like, oh, I get to carry around a briefcase and I'm dressed up in a suit and I'm, all these things. And I could pay for trips for to my parents to go to Spain and all these things. And it, I was still not satisfied. Like, what the heck? Yeah, exactly so, what happened to me. Yeah. So I it's mean, like- I, I was partnered with E-Trade. 
Yes. <laughs> I was a partner on Wall Street. E-Trade was my partner. We had, I had a contract with E-Trade as a partner and making a lot of money and running the show. And and I was like, and that's why you can say like, you know, before 9-11, it's like I, the reason why I saw the first plane and I kept running into work is because I was a partner and that and this was the best of both worlds. I finally made wow. it on Wall Street and a entrepreneur at the same time. And then you I saw say, the first well, plane so and you're I like, thought. I still have to, I'm dedicated. I still have to make it there. To I, the, I have to, to go office. in because I'm running the show. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and that's what I say. Or so I thought, mm-hmm. I thought that's what I wanted. I thought that was the dream job. I thought that was the end all to be all. But right. that was, when you look at it, it was all outside sources that were giving me this false impression of being fulfilled. Yeah. And, and happy. Yeah. And, and, you know, like you said, when you're making when you're making darn good money, you know, that happiness can kind of get camouflaged. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 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 Well, there's definitely more to talk about here, but I don't want to keep this from our audience anymore. Everybody knows there's always a catchword um, as part of the episode because our guests have so much to give. And this is our way of being able to facilitate them providing you with more than just this episode. And Roe was just magnificent. I'm, I'm going to bring up this call to action, but she put together this guide to, this is like the first step of actually knowing and understanding and appreciating your your value. And, you know, Roe, you spent a lot of time in helping these really successful women pause to do the inner work. And so this is an amazing gift that you've provided our audience just to start chipping away at it. Okay. So, to get the Gutsy Gal Success Series, this is the guide to knowing your value. This is just the first step, chip, 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 right? But I invite you to text RF-Gutsy, RF for Rocket Fuel, dash Gutsy to 411321. If you're in the U.S., um, make sure to provide your email address when we ask for it. So the number is 411321. The message is RF-Gutsy, all one word. And when you provide that email address instantly, in your email, you are going to get this guide. You talk so much. What I loved is even in the beginning of the piece, you started talking about the the difference in how men and women kind of approach the same like situation. And it was it was really kind of revealing um, before we get into that, because I would love for you to explain your thought process on this piece. I also want to offer our international audience the opportunity to text for this. So you can use the number plus one nine zero nine seven four one one three two one. The message is RF dash gutsy and provide your email address to receive this. So so tell me a couple of the things that you recognized were were different on how men and women kind of approached certain situations. And this is backed by science. This is backed by numerous studies. So this is not just besides me experiencing it witnessing it and seeing it it's also bad just want to let our viewers know this is also backed by science Mm -hmm. this is also backed by tons and tons and tons of studies Mm -hmm. because you have to see women we're the ones that are graduating college the most we're the ones that had the most initials after our name than and than anyone interesting as as a species I mean, you look at a woman and she's got like these letters and these letters and these letters. We're trying to compensate. <laughs> we, we're trying to overcompensate. Open, yeah. And so we started looking at these studies. It's like women are really are deep down confident. So many times they just don't know it. 
Mm. They just don't perceive it because of society. And when you look at it from a psychological point of view, men overcompensate because they're super aggressive, they're super confident, and then they overcompensate in other areas. And that shows up as failure because they'll do something really fast without putting thought to it. Mm. And they will, they could easily produce not a, like a, a lower quality product because they're so used to being in that competition and being the first and getting it done. And, you know, they have that, that's their personality. We're women, we're, we're the gatherers, we're the problem solvers. So we want to gather all the information. We love to research. We, we're very smart. We love to gather all the information and then come up and assess the problem and come up with a solution. And we come up with the solution really, really well. The problem is we get these gender blind spots that men want it like, you want it now, bottom line. Like, uh-huh. you know, and if you don't answer now, you're weak. If you don't answer now, you don't really know what you're doing. If you don't mm. answer now, instead women, if it would only just, you know, speak up and say, listen, you give me a day or you give me two a days, whatever you need, I will come up with a better solution than you can because mm. I will do the work. I will take the time. I'll do the work. I will get this done. I'm just not going to get it done like the way you want. Is that the same way? Yeah. Yeah. So what happens is men, you know, we create shame based meanings when we don't have success, when we have failure, when things aren't working well. And it's been because we've been raised that way. So So the women in general blame ourselves. Oh, gotcha. We blame ourselves for the failure. We blame ourselves for not speaking up. We blame ourselves for not saying what I just said, what, how we could speak up. Yeah. And men will never blame themselves because they mm. weren't, they weren't taught it's, that way. They weren't right. taught it. If they're, this if, is a behavioral and a societal sort of Im- yeah. impression as well. Right. Yeah. And it creates triggers in our brain. And then that triggers in that brain creates the perception the perception creates the identity of who we identify as. Mm. And then that identity mixed in with your values will create your thoughts, which will create those beliefs, which will create those habits and those behaviors. So the problem a lot of people make is they try to change the behavior without changing the identity. Mm. You can't change the behavior if your perception isn't changed, if your belief isn't changed, if you're, you can't change your habits. And so this is why you try to work so hard You'll work, you burn the midnight oil, you'll do everything everyone tells you to do because you're just trying to change the habit and the behavior because as women, we're using this, well, it's, I'm doing something wrong. Right. It's me. It's me. I'm doing something wrong. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not ready. I'm not worthy enough. Mm -hmm. And so therefore we create and we try to change things without changing our inner core. Mm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because you know, this we're, is we're, a yeah, lot of it subconsciously. Like we're, it's not yeah. like we're, we're. Some cases, I could definitely hear myself saying, "Oh, well, what did I do wrong that resulted in that?" And da, 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 da. and and obviously, it's good. It's good to think that way too. All of these components are fine at a certain level, and then and then it's like when you you do a little bit too much of one or the other. But yeah, it's, it's because of our beliefs. It's because of our belief system. Yeah. If you read Lean In with Sheryl Sandberg, mm-hmm. she, she showed a study. Showed a study. She had a, a group of men and women in a room. They told a story of an individual, a high achieving individual, a individual who's like a leader going out there and getting things done. 
to one group, the name of the person in the story was Harold. The other group, the name of the person was Heidi. Mm. Nothing else changed other than the name, obviously a male name and a female name. Uh The group at the end saw Heidi as conniving and like, we don't like her. She's this ambitious, like, I don't know. She's still ambitious. What does she think she is? (gasps) Harold loved him. Oh my God. He's such a great leader. I would love to. I just want to be like him. Men and women, men and women in the room, not just men in the room, men and women together saw this. So it's clearly the, the society behaviors and the norms and we don't see this. So we blame ourselves and it's really not our fault. Yeah. And I think that's also why, unfortunately, other women in the corporate environment, I, and I see that it's it's definitely improving. But I, as I grew up in corporate, I didn't necessarily find other women as my allies. <laughs> right. Because there's this like they were battling with this mindset. And I reflect upon it. I probably 20 years younger than mm-hmm. the women that I that I was very thankful for because they kick some major ass to get to where they they were but it took me a while to recognize but guess what their their journey was very different yeah. than mine was so when they saw me having perhaps some more freedoms in expression versus what they had before it was difficult for for them to see that that was an an evolution because they were kind of in that environment but to get back to gutsy girls cuz clearly we could talk m- tons and tons about this right but it's the fact that you understand this is critical in how you can support these high achieving women that are struggling because when you get when you are kind of type a aggressive the driver all that stuff i find that at least early on for me there wasn't a lot of inner work Mm -hmm. right because i was actually taking on masculine traits to survive in a masculine world and so you know a pause of inner work what do you really want connect like none of that stuff was really like in my realm and probably the greatest even though I may have had some epiphanies here and there the the greatest change is when I finally tapped in to a mentor an expert or coach that was going to take me along that process. And so for you, Gutsy Gals, you said started in 2013? Yes. Okay. And so what was the evolution there? Did you offer one-on-one coaching immediately or how did you kind of start supporting women in this way? I offered one-on-one coaching and I was starting it doing mostly with the inner work. And in 2013, the high achieving women, any woman, any businesswoman at that point did not see about and understand about working on the inner transformation. Mm-hmm. And I would get there, you know, they would roll their eyes at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if I would say, because I've been advocating that women can have it all for 40 years. Yeah. They would, I mean, you- they would be like, that's impossible. And right. they would debate me. How that's impossible. <laughs> you know, like, all righty, we're going to have to do some foundational work before we can even. This is like sacrifice. <laughs> and so, and what, so what happened is I would get women, they wouldn't, you know, they would buy coaching, but it was just struggle to get high. Like they wouldn't pay what the value of it was. Mm-hmm. And I had several successful, you know, seven figure coaches at the time telling me because 
Women don't invest in personal development. Women don't invest in their inner transformation. You need to become a business coach. So I shifted and I started incorporating business coaching and marketing and, and you know, creating messaging and your signature system and it, all of that. And you, it, Ooh, it create your this niche. Is, this is good stuff. I'm sorry. I have like tingles in my, in my body. So I have to. So we need to listen to this. Even though the most transformational work that you do is helping women finally dig through the inner, do the inner work, the inner stuff that is going to help them finally be realigned and then things will start clicking. You have to, but you couldn't get them with that message first. So no. you have to like go in through the back door, the, the side door and say, oh, I can help you with your mess. Like, why are things not working? Maybe it's your messaging. Maybe it's your branding. Maybe it's your, and then so you could get in there and be like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and, then, and that's exactly Let's what was happening. So they would come in now to as, you know, for the business strategies and the, the business consulting. And then as I'm working with them, I'll be like. I was feeling this is the nurturer of me comes in that yes. I'm doing them a disservice because you're not going to implement what I'm teaching you because you have all these limiting beliefs because you, you have are these not going to implement because you have these limiting beliefs. I just wanted yeah. to reinforce that. Thank you. Thank you. So I said, okay, ha ha ha. Every <laughs> time I would teach a business lesson, I would teach the mindset first behind it. Uh-huh. And and that was fine and it was working for a while. It was working, but then I was like, you know, as I grew and I became more of a transformational coach and I started learning how to how women really transform. I started seeing what really works with women mm-hmm. and I began kind of get better and better and better at that. I didn't have enough time to do the mindset piece and the business piece for mm. the amount of time they were hiring me for. Right. Like we would need a year. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so I would argue when, you need more than a year to change exactly to change well, the stuff that we've been programmed with. And, and, like, and it's exactly true, because what I'm finding now is finally women have, especially with COVID, has helped this. Women mm-hmm. done a lot of reflection. The message has been getting out there. But what's happening is I don't, will never call myself a mindset coach because that is superficial. Right. Right. That is just like scratching the surface and now what i'm finding is women are starting to understand that they need to invest in themselves but they think they could take one like confidence class or one mindset class and they're done mm-hmm. now you nope. and i know that <laughs> nope 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 not Talk gonna work <laughs> you got two strong type a driven ladies telling you nope nope <laughs> <laughs> right so not gonna work yeah, so we we need to do that special call out. I want to confirm, though, do you serve your focus currently entrepreneurs or do you work with women that are also uh, high achievers in their professional in career as employees? Which- I work with mostly entrepreneurs, okay. but I am starting to work with uh, some corporate women okay. as well because they're just finding me and coming to me and... And a couple of the different things. I'm also, my destiny project right now is dismantling the masculine success system that mm. women are inheriting just mm. so that we don't inherit it and we have more of a unity power and mm. women and men can learn how to work effectively together. They could understand our power. We could understand their power, but they could also understand the feminine. The future is feminine because mm. 
all of this means we need to embrace our feminine. So, yeah, male or, or, or women. Men do yeah. too, exactly. Yeah. Quite frankly, men do too. So because I'm working in that world, that's opening the door for me for a lot of corporate. Mm-hmm. So a lot of corporate women are starting to come to me. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Cool. That's Yeah, absolutely. And I could see the value there. But right now, right now, what we're going to focus on is, are calling those entrepreneur women. Yes. I'm Absolutely. calling out. If you're listening to this podcast while you're driving or doing some work, I'd tell you to stop. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. If, if you really feel like you're hitting this kind of invisible brick wall, right? Like there's and there's something more. I love that you mentioned to me when we talked uh, earlier before this podcast. You know, hard on your sleeve, nurture. You feel like you're helping everybody else. You're like. You need to work with somebody else to help you get to that next level. It's critical. It took me 10 years, 10 years in business to finally start working with a business coach. And I was angry at myself. Like I literally, I was like pissed off. Like why the hell did Wanda, did you not find this earlier? And then I also reflected back. And this is why this is part of my mission here as Rocket Fuel. I was angry that I wasn't aware that these people were out there to accelerate my growth. Right. And so here in this podcast, knowing that you want to get to that next level, this is rocket fuel. Ro, you are rocket fuel. <laughs> yes, I'm it's, rocket fuel. And it's evident. It's evident in what you say. It's evident you've been around in business for a long time supporting these women. And so I'm inviting you to start learning more about what it takes to be a gutsy gal and start opening up and starting to do that inner work. So and it's the gutsy gal with a heart. It's the gutsy gal, the woman's way. Mm. It's the gutsy gal with grace and ease. It's the gutsy gal that's going to have you work half the time and create double the results. Woo, Nelly. <laughs> I like that? it. Yeah. So pull out that cell phone right now. You do not want to miss this guide to starting to know your value, to recognize that you weren't just lucky to get to where you are right now. Text RF dash gutsy G U T S Y to four one one three two one. If you're in the U S don't forget to provide your email address. How are you going to get the goods if you don't provide the email address? Right? So text RF gutsy to four one one three two one. If you're in the U S if you're listening internationally, please text to the number plus one nine zero nine seven four one one three two one. The message is RF dash gutsy. Thank you so much, Ro, for joining us today. Any final words for those gutsy gals that are on the fence? You know, it takes guts to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. But it takes guts to know what to do in what order. And the order is your own inner foundation of who you are, your Mm. own inner side. It's time to stop creating your own mess. I'm just going to shut up right there. All <laughs> right. That's amazing. Bro, I, I, we definitely need to have you back on. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you, Ro, and I hope you, listener, have a rocking day. Talk to Thank you soon. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Look, every one of our episodes is boosted by a value-packed keyword called a catchword. Yeah. This allows our audiences to text to receive even more value from our guests. 
So take advantage of that great value. And if you share your expertise by guesting on podcasts or TV or speaking in front of live or digital audiences, then you're leaving anonymous fans behind. So go get a catchword at catchwords.com, K-E-T-C-H words.com and use podcast 20 as a promo code for 20% off your setup fee. Look, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Rocket Fuel Podcast so you never miss your jolt of Rocket Fuel. Until next time, adios.